0: You had me at zug zug Welcome to another episode of Roleplay Tavern. I'm Demis. I'm deadly And I don't know what episode we're on, but that's besides the point. We have I mean. some... Is it seven? I thought it was yeah. eight. I don't know. It's something <laughs> like that. It's under ten. <laughs> but the important part is we've got a lot of really cool stuff today. One of those things being my new guild, but it's not really a guild. Um, we had to use... We had to create a guild because we needed the guild interface, but it's called the Mage Society. And what it is, is it's a group of mages, and I'm head of it, and I'm the Archmage, and everybody in it is my student. And I'm teaching them about being a mage, and the magics, and everything like that. It's a lot of fun, and we've been having a lot of fun. So I made this Mage Society and we're all a bunch of mages, and we're having a lot of fun being mages, and we hang out at the Blue Clues, because all my students are there studying, and we had a lot of fun, and I want to give a shout out to Waffle at WaffleChunks.com who is hosting our forums, which is WaffleChunks.com slash Society, which will of course be linked on the blog, and I invite everybody to come join us, because we've got a bunch of noobs. We're pretty hardcore, but we're having so much fun. We've got out of character, we got in character, mostly in character, and we've just been having a total blast running around its mages. The only downside to this is the fact that we have one slight problem. We have no tanks. But for any of you that are worried about that, we've allied ourselves with another guild. So it's been a lot of fun. I still have to get deadly in there. On Earthen Ring or on... Nope. Blackwater Raiders Alliance side. Because I already have a 61 human mage on that side, so I'm not about to remake a mage that high. Yeah,
1: my character on Blackwater Raiders is a warlock, so I wouldn't quite fit into the mage society.
0: Though we have had a few warlocks ask, do you take dark mages? Because basically that's what a warlock is. No, we are not accepting warlocks, if any of you are wondering. Mages only. Because we've gotten um, shamans, I've had druids saying, I use magic and stuff like that, but we are purely mage. Which, it's just a lot of fun, because there's this whole story behind mages in a mage society, and mages working together and studying magics, and um, over in Stormwind at the Blue we're Close, and there's this whole world that's... For, Made for ages, so I've kind of taken that up and made it into a society itself, and we've been roleplaying it. And now we did turn it into a guild just because it was really hard to keep track of everybody without the guild interface. So that makes it really nice and easy. And on our website, we have an application, which is a lot of fun. Um, the application is just basically, hi, this is me. It doesn't affect anybody's getting into the guild or anything like that. It just kind of helps us keep track of who everybody is. So I invite everybody to come on over and join me there, just because it's so much fun. Sounds like it. It is. I've been spending pretty much all of my time running around as a mage and stormwind. I've done like no leveling, no questing, no anything like that. It's been a blast and um we got Eno from wow add-ons over there i got a bunch of friends from my bunch of friends from sterling and you know roland's over at the Elfendorf and he thinks it's a pretty cool idea too the really great thing about though is being a small group we all get to know each other so we've been sitting around like i said in the blue recluse, just hanging out and hanging out with our allied guild and It's a lot of fun, and, you know, we're noob-friendly, of course, so it's a great way to start role-playing. So I'd like to invite everybody to come join us, come make a mage. Um, If you listen to the Elfendorf podcast, you'll know not to make a human. If you make a human and you don't want to be in Goldshire, you can always let me know and I'll port you somewhere. That's what I've been doing for a lot of people. Yeah, so be a cool kid and go roll a mage. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's pretty much what I'm saying. (laughs) But I love my mage. I mean, come on. I hit really, really hard, and I can kill things really, really easy. The only downfall is that I'm a clothie, but, you know. A
1: mage and priest combination can be very cool, though. I have a lot of mage friends.
0: Or a resto druid and a mage, because I have a friend who's a druid, and I made her go resto specs just so that I could make her run around and follow me into instances, so I wouldn't have to get a full group or anything like that. Oh yes, those Druids can heal a lot better than the Priests can. I know, it's kind of sad. So let's not go there, because that's a whole big controversy in itself.
1: I could bring pallies into this as well, especially after the patch, but that's beside the point.
0: Yeah, but before the patches, and before Resto Druids and Paladins became the thing, you know... Priests were starting to go shadow spec, so in a way it's good because priests were becoming non-healers and then you didn't have a healer class, so having the resto druids and the paladins being able to heal I think is great.
1: It sort of changes at 70, though, when you're having to go run raids and cars and that sort of thing. I found that I loved being shadow, but in order to get a lot of the attunements and stuff done, I had to just spec the holy. I don't have a problem with it except for the gear part, and that in a lot of the instances now, you're having to take all the cloth armor in, have a full-on brawl with it about the other clothies on who gets what.
0: Yeah, pretty much, but you know, you have a lot of fun doing it. So, we're not even going to start that controversy, just because that could take up the whole episode itself. We'll get hate mail anyways. So, uh, what do you have for the newbie section? This week, I
1: decided that it would be more suitable to do weddings, and role-play weddings, and that sort of thing. Simply because the idea itself has been popping up more and more as I've seen it, I have a friend, Nikolai, who, is, who popped the question, so to say, to a girl named Alina on earthening, and they want to get married, but they're not quite sure how to plan and prepare everything, that sort of thing. So I'm not encouraging or nor teaching anybody how to propose to somebody in Warcraft because that's not my place, but I found it would be more fun to kind of help out with it. So one of the first things for the preparations part is the attendance and how many people you want to go or attend.
0: And that makes a big difference, too, because, you know, Adela and Monthar got married, and Adela is my character. No, we did not get married in real life. That's a big thing, too, because everybody asks that. You don't have to be getting married in real life to be getting married in WoW. And, you know, if you go, if you're in A.I.E., Expect a big attendance. You, you're going to need two, three raid groups. The double wedding we had it was huge. We gave up on having enough raid groups. We had two full raid groups, and that was, that was it. We were done making raids. Um, I counted you know, about 150 or so, maybe
1: a little bit more than that. Something
0: even. like that. I don't know. We had massive amounts. and That was just AIE. It was in the two raid groups. Um, we had a lot of non-guild members, too. Which is a lot of fun. Now I know on the Blackwater Raiders side, there's talk of a wedding here soon. I'm not mentioning anything though, of course. (laughs) But um, there's getting ready to be a wedding over there. So, you know, but that's in a much smaller guild. So it really makes a big difference on how many people. And that makes a difference on where you're going to be for the wedding. And the next
1: thing is invitations, like how you want to get the word out that you're getting married. One of the things I thought about is if you have the money the personally sort of make pre-made invitations and send them out in the mail, such as you are invited to the wedding of so-and-so, that sort of thing, a little fancier, you can even just send tells, make, you can make really cool role-play sounding tells announcing that you're wedding, that sort of thing. Did you have any other ways? Um,
0: the message of the day works really well if you have a small guild that pays attention. Also, if your guild has forums, it's a really good idea to put it up on the forums. We got a lot of responses that way. Um, we did a lot of tells. We did a lot of mailing. Now, we ours was in AIE, and there was just way too many people to mail, but I tried to mail the people who were close in-game friends and that kind of stuff, or... Um, if you had a Ventrilo server, we talked about it on there. We talked about it in guild chat. We pretty much used all of our resources, which is was probably actually a bad thing because that's probably how we got so many people because it ended up on the WoW forums, which turned into all the non-guildies. Let me tell you, the day of the wedding, I had a bunch of whispers of people coming up and saying, I know I'm not in your guild, but can I come to your wedding? And it's like, um, yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> but then another one of
1: the things is the actual setting of the wedding. So a lot of that would vary. I think also depending on your race is that it's very odd to see a Torin getting married in Silvermoon City or an undead getting married in Orgrimmar or that sort of place. You can do it, sure, but I mean... I would get a picture of Blood Elves getting married in Silvermoon, but partly because of how beautiful and how well put together Silvermoon City is. It's been a favorite for getting married and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, Silvermoon's a great place. Horde side. Now, Alliance side, a lot of people go to Darnassus over in the Warriors Terrace cause when you first walk in, you've got that really nice pathway and stuff. And I've also heard talk of Moonglade, Cathedral in Stormwind is a really good one because you can have everybody at the bottom of the steps on the very front and you can walk up to the top or you can use inside the cathedral because it's set up just like a church would be. I know that's a line side. So I'm trying to think what else horde side but I haven't done as much horde side so that makes it kind of hard. Me either, and I've been playing Horde currently. But I think that Darnassus
1: is a very, very pretty place in general, about how the little wisps floating around the city and just the whole scenery, and that would be perfect for night elves as well. I think that the Cathedral is a little more just on the planar side, and it's not extremely big. And because of the population that's in Stormwind at a time, depending on the server, it can get a little busy, and you can run into a a bit more problems than normal.
0: Yeah, but cathedral is more of the generic sense, the real life sense, because it's very much just like a church. Now, there's also the keep in Stormwind. If you don't mind the fact that Stormwind is crowned, especially on Blackwater Raiders, the keep works really well, too, now that they've moved all the battleground stuff into that back room. So you could have the marriage before the king and work that into the, the whole role play.
1: Yeah, I haven't visited that place too much since so I've been taking a break on PVPing. But the another one that you probably want to pay attention to is the wedding dress and the tuxedo. And being priced itself, they can be a pretty penny. They can be really expensive. And there's also a level limit on that as well. So that causes another problem about getting married. And... If you know somebody who can craft the dress for you or the tuxedo, that would be very great as well.
0: Yeah, now, if you're on Blackwater Raiders, I will be happy to make them for you. I'm not quite there on Earthen Ring, I believe. But the wedding dress, somebody once said this to me, and I didn't really take it to heart till I started doing tailoring. The wedding dress is kind of plain um, looking you have to yeah, be level thirty. Yeah, it you have to be level thirty, first of all. Second of all, it's just it's well, yeah. I agree. It's pretty plain. It's just a basic white dress. Now there are other white dresses and I wish I could think of them at the moment. Um, but there are tons of them out there. There's the white linen robe, which actually it's got purple on it, but it doesn't look too bad. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Of course, I went through all this the other day, and now I can't think. I'm not too sure either. I know that generically
1: people, they'll use the wedding dress. I think that it's nice, but it doesn't have that much of a design on it. I think that Blizzard should make a prettier wedding dress out there that has a lot more design for maybe a higher level or that sort of thing, or simply just for role-playing servers in general, because a lot of that does go on still. And on PvP servers, I don't really see people running around in wedding dresses and that sort of thing anyway, unless they were trying to look cute, and that doesn't even work half the time either.
0: Yeah. Now, there is also, as I'm sitting here trying to think, there's the rune cloth robe, which is basically for mages, it's what I wear as an Arc Mage when I'm in town to look up pretty. But it is white, and it's pretty simple, and if you Put a white shirt underneath of it. You could definitely use it for a wedding if you want something a little more fancy. But you've suddenly got the level cap of 47. So it all depends on your level as well as, you know, if you want the generic wedding dress or that kind of stuff. And also thought, but
1: I think Wowhead and Alakazam all would have those tailoring dresses and that sort of thing that you should probably look up as well because we're not mentioning half of them at least.
0: Yeah. Oh no. By far, we're not mentioning half of them. Mostly because I'm just like, can't think today. Um, but I know there are tons of stuff out there just because I've played, and I'm a ta- well, I'm a tailor, but I like playing as well. Yeah. So.
1: Another one is the priest or priestess, like the person who's going to be, what's the word, announcing the wedding sort of thing, the person who's going to wedge you to. And I wouldn't really recommend any other class, just because having a warlock, not too well, having a warrior, just the whole priest aspect of how they are holy, a sense and how they sort of study that sort of thing. I think that would be most appropriate.
0: What do you think? I agree. I mean, you can get away with other stuff as long as it's they're dressed appropriately so they don't look like a warlock if they're a warlock. But for the sense of role playing, you definitely want to try to get a priest. Now there's also, you know, we've talked about the white wedding dress. I do want to mention the tuxedo. Everybody has to have this generic tuxedo kind of thing. And to be perfectly honest, I get really tired of seeing everybody in these plain tuxes. And there are other options. If you take the tuxedo pants and change out the shirt, if you get rid of the jacket and change out the shirt, you can have a lot of fun. I mean, I have... Tons of fun taking instead of the formal white shirt using the dark silk shirt or there's so many shirts that tailors can make that it doesn't matter what level you are. You can mix and match it and you can have a little something different other than the plain boring tux.
1: Yeah, I've seen in general just by being in town. I'll see guys were there where the like the tuxedo shirt and I think it was the orange Marshall shirt. hmm and that sort of thing. And just the shirt itself is really cool and has a lot of very cool designs on it. But if you match it right, it can still look very sophisticated
0: and you can still pull it off as a wedding attire. Right. Now here's another idea for wedding attire. The great old-fashioned festive dresses and pants suit that tailors can make if they've gotten the patterns from the festival or from other people. If you take the festive red pantsuit, I hate to say it, you kind of look like... You're playing with bulls, I guess is the the nice way to put it. But if you wear the red festive dress, you two are matching, and it actually looks really cool. You look like you're having a Spanish wedding versus the generic American white dress wedding. If you don't want to go with what you do every single day in real life, you can mix it up with that as well. And I think that the
1: festival dress itself, The pink one didn't look too well on Dudley when I wore it. I think it depends on how it fits your character, because I haven't exactly tried it on other people, but I've tried it on Ayumi, and it didn't look too flattering on her either. But maybe for trolls, because of how they're very colorful and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, it all depends. And then there's also the lovely dresses that you get from the Valentine's Day stuff. So there's lots and lots of options there as well. Yes, I really wanted one of
1: those. But I couldn't find one on my main server. And I saw one on Earthen Ring, and it was selling for 70 gold. So I was
0: not... They're I really expensive. Out, so. I wish I could remember the dress that my friend Mabin got off the auction house. It was pretty expensive. And it came from the Easter egg hunt that they have. And so there's tons of dresses. If you want to really find something and you don't know what you've got, go to Wowhead, go to Alkazam, go to ThoughtBot, Or just stop by your local auction house and search for the robes. Just search robes or chest pieces. Typically cloth, because for some reason, cloth wearers, because they're typically casters, we get dress-looking things. So there's a lot out there. Some of them are just drops and that kind of stuff. But there's no reason to not use those drops if they're on the auction house.
1: Yes, another thing that's really, really important is the timing of your wedding. Now, for most people, just to save the confusion, when you're picking a time, you wanna make one that's at a convenient time for most people. So you don't wanna make it during work or school hours because the turnout's not gonna be that great. I would probably pick more of a weekend, like a Friday or Saturday, and probably not on Sundays as well, depending on the time. But also, when you're announcing your time, just to save confusion, you want to pick server time because if you, I'm Pacific. So if I was on Earth and Ring saying, yeah, there's going to be a wedding at 5 p.m. my time, not everybody's going to know for one thing. And that 5 p.m. my time is 8 p.m. server time. So you want to make a very distinct timing and you
0: probably just want to pick server time just because everybody can go look that up easily right you really do want to specify because i'm eastern deadlays western it changes wherever you live and especially if you're in a large guild and you're spread out across the country or in some cases if you've got people in australia it makes a really big difference now if you're in a small guild that say, okay, under 150 members, so you're only going to have about 50 people, it's going to be a lot easier to coordinate because you're going to have the majority in one time zone and only a few others to concern yourselves with around trying to work around their schedule. But before you set a time, you definitely want to talk with people before you announce the official time because you don't want to have to go back and change that time later. And then you get even more confusion and people who miss the wedding.
1: Yes, you want to make it as easy as possible for people to be able to attend. Now, after the whole wedding fiasco, after you get everything prepared, the wedding part should go along smoothly after you get everything put into place. But after the wedding, there's the reception. Now, not everybody chooses to have a reception, but the past couple weddings I've been to, there have been one. And one of the most important things that you want to know is the area of where you're going to hold it at. Now, I know for Della's wedding, they picked the place in Eversong Woods, and it was, like, already, like, a big platform, and they had chairs and tables and that sort of thing already set out around the area,
0: so it looked very festive already. Right, and if you had the invitation, you could get free drinks and that kind of stuff, which was really great, and that made it so we didn't have to worry about people spending money to buy drinks and that kind of stuff. All they had to do was one simple quest. It was... Really nice. Now, with such a big wedding as we had, it was kind of confusing because that, you know, didn't really matter. We were all just dancing and it was wild. I mean, we all barely fit on the platform. But if you're in a small wedding, that's definitely an advantage. Now, Alliance side, you could use the park and Stormwind is a great place because I just think that place is really, really pretty. You can use just about anywhere in Darnassus. You can also use... forest party. Yeah. Um, Now, for the wedding or for the reception, the Exodar is a great place, especially for the reception in the area with all the holograms. I can just see that being so much fun to just dance around with all these holograms. It would be kind of like a club scene. I have not visited
1: the Exodar yet, and I'm an alliance, too. I should probably go do
0: that today. Yeah, you should. I can't believe you've never been to the Exodar. It's really a pretty place. There's lots of places in there that you could have a wedding. Now, I can see that being a little bit harder the way the spiraling is up, but there are some pretty places like over where the warrior trainer is and that kind of stuff, but it'd be a little hard, but you could make it work. Now, I think for a reception, it would be a great area. It's really cool. Cause it's got lights everywhere. You got holograms in the one room. There's just there's all kinds of stuff there. Then
1: I think after that part, most weddings are just generically a huge big role play event. So pretty much everything during the wedding is going to be in character. But there are going to be instances where you're going to have to go out of character, partly for just getting everything organized and in order. You can't simply. Always be in character, telling people what to do. And also, I know for Della's wedding, people were also on Ventrilo talking that way. So weddings itself, it's a role-play event, but not everything has to be role play because you want to still make it work and want to make it easier for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, we used Vent. We went into the officer's channel so that it was really, really nice and easy for us to talk and coordinate as we... Because we were having a double wedding, so we had a lot of coordination with when people were walking up and that kind of stuff. But everybody else was in a main channel, and they were having a blast, just talking, chilling. Um, Lumid put a DJ, so to speak. He used a separate computer to play music through events, so we were dancing in character, and we were listening to the music through event, which was really cool. And then, so not only do you have your
1: attire, but you want to have the people who are attending what they're wearing. Now, when you're having guests attend the wedding, you don't want to have them look clean and cut. So, I mean, you don't want to have somebody running around in your wedding in their birthday suit naked and that sort of thing. It's just not appropriate. So I'm not saying you're having to pick out everybody what they're going to wear, but you want to let them know that it's a formal setting and that you need to Dress nicer, I should more say.
0: Yeah, and don't wait till last minute. There's was a big problem in AIE. They bought out all the mage weave on the auction house. They could not find enough mage weave, Hordside, to supply them with all the stuff they needed. So you want to think ahead
1: a little bit, too.
0: Yeah, because the mage weave was for the dresses and the tuxedo and the this and the that.
1: Yeah, I remember people were actually out farming that the day the day before the wedding because they couldn't get their hands on enough of it.
0: Yeah, so definitely plan ahead if you're in a big guild or even if you're a small guild because there's always that chance. And then another thing at the reception is just the dancing in general.
1: Now, some uh, traditionally when I'm seeing people dance, it's more... Civilized, so you're not. Everybody's not getting drunk and taking off their clothes. Even in a real wedding, I've never seen that. So you want to keep in mind that unless people are giving it the okay to go out and fill out, go crazy sort of thing, I would just keep on your clothes and try and act a little civilized.
0: Yeah. Now, with as big of a guild as AIE, that didn't work too well. Okay, that didn't work well at all. But uh. You know, it was a lot of fun. Um,
1: let's see. Now, another thing is that how long you want the wedding to run for. You don't want people to be on there all night getting tired, falling asleep at your keyboard. So you want to pick a reasonable time for your wedding to start and end. And I wouldn't say any more than an hour and a half, per se. What do you think on that? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, What else do I have? So there's some also warnings that you want to do when you're doing a wedding. Another one is bystanders. So people who like to ruin your role play. I saw one or two of those at Della's wedding. There's this guy standing on the carpet yelling out, calling people nudes and that sort of thing. So how you handle a person, I would simply try your best to ignore
0: them, but I believe you can report that as well. I'm not quite sure. Uh, well, talking about reporting you can report anything if you feel that you're being harassed if they are ruining your gameplay in any way it is reportable now that doesn't necessarily mean the gms are going to do anything about it but i would still give it a try and say hey look this is a role play server and we're trying to have a role play event can you please take care of this you know or at least just talk to them to see if we can get them to go away like I said, you can't guarantee the GMs will do anything, but you can sure as heck try.
1: Yes, you can try, and hopefully they'll listen. In some cases, they can't do anything about it, and you're just going to have to hang tough. But I think for role-play events and that sort of thing, depending on the turnout, I think that more than likely they'd do something about it.
0: Right, especially if you've got a huge turnout like we did with AIE, because that was a good majority of the Horde side of the realm that I'm sure that they did not want to make unhappy because that was more than a small number of players.
1: Yep. Um, Another thing is the cooperation, and this sort of ties in with the bystanders, and it also ties in with the guildmates yourself in that if somebody's attending your wedding, they're going to have to work with you about it. So if they have a question, do your best to answer it. Don't lose your head and just blow steam because that causes problems, but you want everybody to work together, and you want to all try to make it run as smoothly as possible.
0: Yeah, and just don't be upset. The day of the wedding, you're going to get lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of whispers, but, you know, people always wait till last minute, and there's not a whole lot you can do about that other than be calm or ignore your whispers, but I'd recommend be calm because people do want to still attend it.
1: Yeah. Um, another thing in general is a big warning is weddings in real life and in Warcraft are very, very, very costly. Yes, they are. You're going to need a, a quite a bit of gold for that. Just supplying the dresses itself and the tuxedos can cost up to 90 gold per se. Yeah. And... The drinks and so you want to have help from other people but don't go around begging people for money that's one thing you want to be sure of
0: yeah that's a big thing and if you don't mind me jumping to another subject that's completely related to that is gold baking there is a huge problem not of only gold spamming but of gold baking over on blackwater raiders i sat in Stormwind for five minutes and I had seven different whispers of people begging for runs and for gold. If you want to run like through Deadmines, put it in general chat. If no one answers, no one wants to run you. And gold begging, just don't do it. Go farm it. Go, you know, pick herbs or something. But don't beg it. it. Completely ruins other people's experience. And as an upper level, people will get really tired of listening to you. Yeah, and apart
1: from getting gold bagging from people, then there's the gold farmers. And that will just tick people off even more. So you want to be wary about who you ask for money and for help. But I think if you're being truly genuine and needing a little bit of money support for the wedding, I think people should open up, and I'm sure they'd be more than happy to help you with that.
0: Right, but you need to explain and you need to come to them in a very nice and calm way, not just, can I have gold, please? Kind of thing. Yeah, that's not too good. Is there anything else you want to talk about for weddings in general? Um, not for weddings, but I did kind of want to talk about the gold spammers a little bit. Sure. Because okay. I know on Blackwater Raiders, I get about four an hour. And I did want to put in that I've been sitting on a lot of the WoW forums and all this kind of stuff. The, there's really good news they're going to be doing something about it. I don't know exactly what, but supposedly, according to Blues, on the forums, they are actively working on in the next patch fixing all this gold spamming that's going on in Whispers so that we no longer have to police World of Warcraft for them because right now, basically, a lot of people are sitting with open tickets just with names of gold farmers. And, of course, as soon as you shut down that character, they make another there once they close once the GMs finally close the account, they just go up and open another one. So it's a never ending cycle. And then apart from
1: that, then there's the spam sentry mod that of course you can buy. And that helps out, but I don't like how it opens up tickets every time. I think that you should be able to just report the name and it wouldn't open up a ticket but let the GMs be aware of that. More to speak because I'll be sitting in an instance with my spam Sentry mod on, and I get a whisper: "Hey, do you want to discuss this open ticket sort of thing?" I'm like, oh, it's just a mod; don't worry about it. But that's probably soon to be changed, hopefully.
0: Yeah, hopefully. And I just, you know, I wanted to put that out there because that's a really big thing in WoW right now, especially on the roleplay forums. It's a and um, on the roleplay servers on Blackwater Raiders, it's it's really crazy. The what's going on right now. Um, Like I said, I get four or five an hour at least, so it's pretty bad. So I did want to throw that in there that it looks like Blizzard is working on it, so I'm very happy to hear that. Yes, the end of
1: gold farming is near.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. I really hope so because I really don't believe in gold farming and all that good stuff. So, you know, but you do what you have to and you deal with it.
1: Yes, people have the reason to justify why they buy golds. It's still against game rules, so there shouldn't be any reason to go against the rules.
0: Correct. Okay, another thing I wanted to throw out there, I seem to have a lot of that this week of just bits and pieces, is the characteristics in naming. Now, you already know the naming rules, but I wanted to talk about the special characters, such as the asterisks over letters. It is against the rules. And a lot of people say, well, you know, it's for the role play and that kind of stuff. The reason it is against the rules is because it's not on your keyboard. Therefore, if I'm trying to whisper someone and I know their name, but I can't type it, I can't type slash who or I can't do any of that because of those special asterisks, it really creates a problem. So I wouldn't do that. For one, just because it makes other people want to play with you more. Two, you can be reported for it. Three, it's just, it's against the rules. Now, if you're on a Europe server, you're good to go. Because apparently those come standard on keyboards. So, I'm saying supposedly because I don't know because I've never seen a European keyboard or another country. But, I've seen them. Okay, well, glad you have. So, it's not against the LUA over in Europe and in other countries, but it is on the U.S. realm and the U.S. servers. And I've seen a lot of people get reported for that and have been forced name changes and all this good stuff. So I wanted everyone to be aware of that because that seems to be a big controversy because a lot of role players want to use those special asterisks and they can't. And I don't think they should be able to anyways just because – I agree with Blizzard. I hate it when they're special characters and I can't figure out how the heck these people did it. I've never
1: been able to figure out I'm like, um, I'm sitting here looking at my keyboard and I'm like, alright, I wanna whisper this guy. Normally I'll just slash click them, I click them, and I can talk to them that way. But in regards to whispering them in general, I've just I gave up on it. I'm not even quite sure how you do that in the first place.
0: Yeah, I I used to know how, but I used to also take German. So, you know, I had to know because I typed essays for German class, but I don't know anymore. And there's so many of them that I don't bother to keep them memorized. So and I don't think I should have to. So I completely agree with Blizzard on that aspect. Yes, if you want those names,
1: go try out a Euro server and it'd be fine with that.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So, like I said, I know there's been a lot of controversy about that. There's been a lot of controversy about the gold spammers, and then of course what we talked about earlier with the priest becoming obsolete. Anything else you have to throw out there today, deadly? I think I'm, I'm not really, done. except
1: for
0: oh, Nikolai just informed me that
1: Montra is best
0: man in the wedding. Did you know about that? Oh, I've totally forgot about that. I feel bad now. But yeah, yeah I knew that. Cool. Yeah, it's (laughs) exciting. I love weddings. And like I said, we're getting ready to have one on Blackwater Raiders. Okay, I can't say that because it's not official and there's been no proposal, but it's coming. I know it's coming. Everybody knows it's coming. So you know what? I'm not spoiling anybody. I'm just not going to give names yet. Oh, also, other big news. Next week we are having another guest. She is female, hence the she. Hi, guys. But um, I've known her for a while in-game and I've played with her, and she's got two characters, and they've got a storyline together, and they have this great storyline. You might have heard a mention about it on the Elfen Dwarf, the last podcast about how Maven would to thank everybody who helped store her away for capture. Well, I was in on that, and um, she has this huge massive storyline that she's a rogue, and um, you know, she's kidnapped, and then she. She has rescuers, um, which was a guild event, and then she found out that there were people who, you know, had paid for her kidnapping, people who she supposedly trusted, and then they, I mean, it's a huge story. So I'm not even going to try to touch on it because it's so huge. We're going to let Maven come on here and tell us all about her storyline and how she came up with these characters, because it is just one of the best storylines I have seen in-game yet.
1: Well, so we'd be excited to hear from her and let her tell her about her story even more.
0: Yep. Okay. Well, let's do some lore. Now, I'm doing a little bit something different. I'm not doing a race because I've decided that eventually I'll get to all the races. But the thing is, is basically this is beginning game stuff, the races. And we do have some end-game players and, you know, we keep going all of this noob stuff, which is really great, because we do have a lot of noobs out there. But I also want to touch on the people who are trying to experience Outlands, specifically Shatrath. Now, there's a quest, and of course, I don't have it in my notes. I forgot the quest name. But the quest, you sit there and you follow this elemental around Chatrath and he gives you the lore and tells you about it, and the NPCs all say, say, like... I'm Sindaria, so they say, welcome Sandaria, welcome to Shatrath, and all this other stuff, and it's really great lore, and so today I'm going to read a little description straight off of the WoW site about Shatrath, and it, it does a lot of explanation, and it's pretty short, so, and of course I will link it, because sometimes when people start reading, they get really monotone, and I try not to do that, but I just, I can't always listen to people read, so... Here goes. Shatrath was once the Draenei capital of Draenor. Its name means dwelling of light. When the Burning Legion turned the orcs against the Draenei, the fiercest battle, battle was fought. The Draenei fought tooth and nail, but in the end the city fell. The city was left in ruins and darkness until the Shatar a- arrived. Now if I pronounce that wrong, nobody get mad. Pretty please, I can't pronounce this stuff. The Shatar, whose name means born from the light, and the Naru who came to Outland to fight the demons of the Burning Legion. The Naru were drawn to the ruins of Shatrath City, where a small remain of the Draenei priesthood conducted its rites inside a ruined temple. The priesthood, known as Aldor, quickly regained its strength as word of Shatar's arrival spread. Reconstruction of Shatrath was soon underway. And it wouldn't be long before the city came under attack once again. Now that gives you a little bit of sight into Aldor and into Shatrath. And that just touches on the lore behind the whole city. But it's a really good important part about how the city was ruined and how it's being rebuilt while they're under battle and siege yet again.
1: And during that whole little elemental thing, I paid no attention because I wanted my experience, and I just wanted to go ahead and pick Skryer's. So I actually failed the first time because I forgot I was following him, and it said I failed. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. So I had to go back and do it, and I didn't pay too much attention simply because it was a lot of talking, and people were talking while he was talking, and I didn't want to, have to go back and read all that. But I learned something
0: from that now. There, the element gives you a lot of information, and of course there's all the NPCs saying hello and hi and this and that, but if you take the time to read through, even lightly skim it, there's a lot of good information and lore there that goes with all of the end game lore. So if
1: you haven't already, of course, went ahead and already done that, I'd go back and go actually read it before you pick that quest and pick your side, because... Depending on what side you pick also depends on which facts and rewards you will get. And I'm scryer simply because a lot of the rewards and the enchantments are more for pre-style, and I've noticed that a lot of the rogues and such are heading towards the aldor, but most people don't go by the storyline, at least on my PvP server, but they go more by the rewards that they get from it.
0: Yeah, and the rewards is a big thing, but there's also a lot of story behind it, which could be great for roleplay elements. And I think that's it for our show, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Um, You can email us at rptavern at gmail.com. You can use Skype to call in to us at RoleplayTavern, which is, of course, our username. And our website, rptavern.blogspot.com, which has been undergoing construction, so bear with us. We've been doing lots – okay. I've been doing lots and lots of playing. So we've got to relink some stuff and all that good stuff, but it'll be back up good as new soon.
1: Yes, there will be some very useful links up there
0: that I put up, and then we
1: had to end up changing it simply because of the layout of the site. But I actually went through and I linked all of the servers, all the roleplay servers, and to their forums, and I also classified whether they were roleplay or PvP roleplay servers, and helpful tips from other people through the serums serums
0: forums who are teaching you how
1: to role play and that sort of thing so it was really informative to read in general
0: yeah and we want to try to keep doing a lot of that stuff so that we can point you guys where to go other than us because you yeah, know there's just there's so much information out there so that's pretty much it so i'm demis i'm deadly and we'll see you guys next week